everyone and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manicherry and today's episode is a very highly requested episode. This is how to get into dental school with the wonderful Dr. Nihal Doshi. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Nehal is so wonderful and knowledgeable about this topic. She's been tutoring prospective dental applicants for a very long time now. We were at dental school together. She was a couple of years below me and we have both sat on the admissions panels whilst at dental school. So we talk about everything we learned from our experience there, what you need to consider in terms of academic requirements, extracurricular requirements, how to write a personal statement and how to do well at interviews. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and let's get into it. Hi Nehal, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Shadi? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited for today's episode because this is a question I get asked really, really commonly and I really love to just answer it in different ways. We've all obviously been through this journey of going through dental school and I feel like it's changed a lot since we applied, but um, I hope this uh, episode is really useful for those who are considering applying to dentistry. So before we start, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got here, please. So I went to Bart's in the London Dental School, just like you, Shadi, where we met. Mm-hmm. Um, the best. And after that, literally, no bias though, <laughs> but absolutely love it. Um, and after that, I did my BT, my DFT, and then a year in dental training. Currently, I work part-time in practice and part-time tuition. Lovely. That's a very concise <laughs> recap, recall of your journey. We were just talking about, um, before we started recording, we were just talking about how part-time dentistry is the way forward. But just to, give people an, just to give people an insight into what the profession involves, and we, we were saying how there's no right or wrong, you know, it's, a, it's about individuals finding their own um, niche and what works best for them. How did you decide what you wanted to do or how you want to to split up your week I think that's such a good question I'm so glad we had that chat before um I think it's a very personal decision um nowadays our generation is much more aware of the whole concept of work-life balance um I've done the whole max facts you know hours on call etc and working five days a week and I just realized that I wasn't having time for myself and there were ways that I could just be mentally happier, if that makes sense. And just Mm. working part-time gave me that time to unwind, relax. And then when I see my patients, I just have way more energy and I feel Mm. like I'm a better dentist for it. What do you think, Shadi? Yeah. Do you know what? That's exactly what I think. I often talk about this, that, and we were talking about this before I've done everything from six days to two days and actually you don't want to be doing that to yourself you don't want to be working six days a week I mean it is coming from a place of privilege that we can say that though that we have the choice some people might not have the choice but I think if you do have the choice you need to find what works best for you I mean some people might do well working five days a week 
um, and clinical dentistry might be their passion. But, you know, for me, for example, all this extra, I call it extracurricular stuff that I do, I actually really enjoy it. And I want to be able to have the time to dedicate to it. And for you, we're going to come on to this as well. But for you, you know, it was the tutoring that's also your passion. And it's, it's important to you to dedicate that time to it. So um, how have you found that? How long have you been doing this kind of part time so- clinical dentistry? clinical dentistry I've probably been doing part-time for the last year year and a half I think um tuition I've been tutoring since uni days since first year uni even before that I think um and it's just something I really really enjoy um even at dental school Shadi you probably remember past the mentoring scheme yeah of course yeah yeah. (laughs) I used to love that so much um and I just find that I'm really happy when I'm mentoring and teaching and it's so rewarding just being part of someone else's journey. So I kind of split my week now um, in the sense that I tutor during the weekdays, but also sometimes on the weekends. And it's just such great fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I think once you've been through that journey yourself, you have you've learned a lot from your own mistakes that you can pass on to somebody else. So it's one thing not reading a book or, you know, asking people just general questions. But unless you actually have one to one um, help you can't really be the best that you can be I think sometimes definitely um, and when I applied for example I didn't have access to anyone you know that was applying and I feel like a lot of the stuff I had to go through and learn really the hard way so now I, I completely agree with you whenever I can we're just talking about the talk I did this past weekend whenever I can I try to kind of talk about my own experience be like this is what I did wrong don't do this yeah. um, to the younger generation you know definitely definitely if we can save them some hassle it'll be really really good because obviously dentistry it's such a niche career it's so niche um, if people don't necessarily have the contacts or even arranging work experience pre-covid mm. that was so hard for people I remember when I applied, I think I must have called up or written to 30 practices being like, please give me work experience. And I think one replied. Um, and that was pre-COVID. Now it's an even completely different story. Mm. Um, but no, definitely. It's really, really hard to go out there and find the right information. So any kind of tips you can get along the way, really useful. So we're going to talk about the different things that we need to consider when applying to dental school. Um, We're going to start off with the basic bread and butter, which is academic requirements. So for a prospective applicant, what what academic requirements do they need to achieve in order to have a chance at getting into dental school? So in terms of academic requirements, um, dental schools are now really, really good with the information they put on their website. So Lots of people don't even think of this, but just go on their website and see what their current year's academic requirements are in terms of subjects, etc. They're really open about it. They're really, really clear. Typically, offers these days are AAA or A-star AA. You'll probably be expected to do one or two sciences and the third subject can usually be anything um, but definitely check the websites of the dental schools for the most up-to-date information because each dental school has its own nuances um, 
a lot mm. of parents ask me actually should my child do the IB should they do A level should they should they do three subjects or four subjects will they be disadvantaged if they do three subjects and honestly I think A pick what you enjoy because you're going to do way better mm. at it you're going to want to work hard at it and don't spread yourself too thin unless you know mm-hmm. you're that kind of person that can handle this many subjects and you feel comfortable doing that just be sensible when picking your subjects because honestly I've seen it when you make those choices for what subjects you're going to do it can literally make or break those years so I think that's a really really important choice but as I said the typical mm. offers are usually AAA or A star AA which are tough it's they're, they're hard yeah. grades to get um Mm. so definitely do subjects that you enjoy because you'll be way better yeah I agree when I applied I think it was a bb so that was about gosh 10 years ago really I think so it's a bb yeah I can't remember what mine was I think mine was a a b or a a a and now this gradually evolved literally (laughs) this a stars come in probably like five seven years time it'll be like a star stuff (laughs) Oh gosh, I can't, I can't even imagine Literally. that. And, and the subjects, the usual subjects for A-doubles, I guess you mentioned the sciences. I think biology is compulsory usually, isn't it? Biology usually, and chemistry. Usually, sometimes they even say chemistry is compulsory. So you mm. do need to make sure you've kind of checked which sciences you are picking. Um, I mean, the usual trio that a lot of people do is the biology, chemistry, maths. Um, mm, and that's what I did yeah that's what I did too I was actually really funny because in AS I think I was so excited Shadi I was like biology chemistry maths further maths French and then year 13 came I'm like okay biochem maths that's it let's drop it, yeah. <laughs> let's drop it. um no I agree with you I think it's you shouldn't spread yourself too thin I mean there's something to yeah. be said for doing well in the required subjects you shouldn't try to go above and beyond and then that way you wouldn't even meet the basic requirements so just try and meet yeah especially because in year 13 that's when if you get interviews you're going to spend time prepping for those etc etc so you have lots on your plate so I think being able to focus on certain subjects is an advantage Mm -hmm. but then everyone's different yeah what about GCSE subjects GCSE subjects there's more detail on the websites in terms of GCSE subjects sometimes they have requirements in terms of English language um, Mm -hmm. your grade in that um, and you know just to show your proficiency in the language etc but you'd need to probably check the websites for the GCSE yeah because this is the thing a lot of people often ask me what GCSE should I pick what Mm. grades do they need and it's important to know that for university applications obviously your A-levels are very important GCSEs are of course important but just to meet the basic requirements and they will all have this information on their website and everyone's will differ but just as long as you meet the basic requirements that's pretty much it um they're not going to place too much emphasis on that because there's all this other stuff they need to take into consideration exactly and you do in your GCSEs it's compulsory to do English language literature math sciences um so you will have the essentials there yeah What, what do you think about the extended project do you mean the EPQ yeah yeah epq great back question. in my day they called it the extended project really? uh, qualification now they the young generation <laughs> have have shortened it freehand <laughs> um the epq i have lots of students that i tutor that do the epq i think the epq is great 
because it gives you an opportunity to research something that's of an interest to you. It can be mm -hmm. anything. Um, lots of students that are applying for dentistry pick something dental related and it just gives them an opportunity to dwell into that subject a little bit more, find out about it. And it's a great thing to talk about. Um, by no means is it essential. Um, some people don't count it as a proper A-level because it's not a subject, etc. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So you'd need to check the websites. But EPQ, I think there's a lot of value in terms of personal growth as well, because it teaches you to research, it teaches you to analyze sources, assimilate information. And these skills, Shadi, you remember from university, we were doing that all the time at dental school. Yeah. And being exposed to that before you get to university, I think it's great for bridging that gap between sixth form and university. So I do think there is mm -hmm. value to the EPQ not just for your application, but just in terms of your growth. Yeah, I agree. I, I personally did my APQ on orthognathic surgery. Really? Even now looking back on it. Yeah, wow. like I, even, I don't even understand orthognathic surgery <laughs> now, like let alone back then. Even but after I think our exactly facts. like you say it. Yeah, <laughs> I think exactly like you say it. I, it's just, it gives you an opportunity to look into something that you're interested in. I incorporated it as part of my work placement in the Max Facts department. I did a two-week placement at mm. St. George's Max Facts department. And as, as part of that, I did the project. So I think it's it just gives you something to talk about at the interview as well. And it shows that you're keen. And, you know, it, once you do the research and writing up the essay and all of this kind of stuff, you actually learn a lot. You might not even realize it, but it gives you a lot to talk about and, and just exactly. to base the foundation of your dental knowledge on as well definitely I've actually come across some such interesting projects that people have done that wouldn't even occur to me like even about stem cells the you know use of stem cells in dentistry things like that yeah. um and it's you people have been really imaginative with what they do and the other thing is with your EPQ is there's a component I think where you, you have to present it as well to your peers mm -hmm. and that's great public speaking practice Mm -hmm. because you don't always get that opportunity before university etc but it's great for confidence building so definitely something to consider This brings us nicely onto the next point, which is work experience. So work experience is very, very important as we both know, um, but what would be your advice to prospective applicants considering work experience? Work experience, absolutely key, mandatory as you'd expect. I think the reason I think it's so important is because you need to have a realistic appreciation of what dentistry is. I really feel for mm -hmm. students right now because it's so hard to even get a placement because of COVID right now. Mm -hmm. But if you are prospective applicants applying in your application, you do need to be creative. You need to show that you've made an effort in finding out about the career, engaging with the profession, because otherwise it, it, it shows you, you, you know, you haven't actively tried to research the career. Um, ways you can do that speak to your dentist, speak to any dental students you know. There's lots of virtual work experience things going on, which you may have heard of, Shadi. I haven't Yeah, actually. there's a few like virtual I've things. had people reach out to me, ask, to ask for virtual work experience, but I didn't realize people Yeah, some people that. do offer virtual work experience. 
I think another really good tip that's quite handy is some dental schools have courses running, which give you an insight into dentistry. So definitely look up those. Um, I know people that have done them and actually found it quite beneficial, but you do need to have made some form of effort. I think it's not enough to say you have, you know, you, you, it was COVID and you couldn't do any work experience. Everyone's yeah, in the same boat. I agree. Um, and you're not going to be disadvantaged, but you do need to show a little bit of initiative. Yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, admission panels will be understanding of everything that's going definitely on. Definitely they are. Um, but like you said, you kind of have to show that you've at least made an effort to look into it. But I think regardless of COVID, you know, pre-COVID times, work experience is super important. Mm. Uh, and because, you know, it's one thing reading up about dentistry, but unless you've actually seen what the life of a dentist, a day in the life of a dentist involves, you can't really make your decision. Because I know my, my brother studied, studied medicine and he did work experience for dentistry as well because he was considering mm. dentistry. And he was shadowing this really old school dentist who was doing a root canal. So you can imagine how boring his day was. And he came out of that and he was like, absolutely not, not at all, never in a million years. Whereas my, my work experience was completely different. So I think it, it does also depend on what kind of work experience you yeah. get. Um, so if you can try and get a somewhere that you think is going to be interesting to your individual interests. So if you prefer hospital dentistry, if you prefer a specialist area of dentistry, um, those are things to consider because you'd want to get a realistic insight into that niche. Exactly. Um, and I do think... And if you can get... And I do think people are just really willing to help out. I remember being really apprehensive or nervous approaching people or even reaching out or messaging them. Mm. But like you say, Shadi, so many people have just messaged you, etc. People are willing to help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've all been yes. there. We've had to do this. So don't don't be scared to reach out to people. Um, because everyone's been in the same boat we've had to reach out to people and do the cringe I love your work thank you so much um, so don't worry just do it get it over and done with rip off the band-aid literally literally you know? but that's a really good point about the hospital because I remember seeing dentistry in hospital is completely different to seeing dentistry yeah. in practice and both of us having worked in practice in hospital we really appreciate the differences but prior to, you know prior, just prior to being a dental student you don't actually know um mm -hmm. anything really so I think it's, it's the more you can expose yourself the better um hopefully things will get better and practices start to open up for work experience again and I'm more willing to have people but definitely consider hospital as well as um practice and usually hospitals have a work experience kind of lead or a, a section that you can contact yeah, yeah. um so it is possible yeah and I think in view of COVID and everything that's going on with people applying soon, either this year or the next year, um, I think my advice would be, again, like you said, to just show that you've made the effort because everyone knows you're not going to be able to go into practice for work experience. Very few people, pretty much no one will no be one. allowed now. Um, so what you need to do is just show that you've kind of looked into what it involves so speak to current dental students speak to dentists do your research find out about training pathways anything that you can pretty much find out um without going in so we'll, we'll have to be a little bit more creative but it is um, possible to, there are things out there yeah. to just look it up for sure
terms of extracurricular activities and requirements this is one of my favorites and I was completely I know, I see, <laughs> if any could anyone could see us right now we're literally beaming at each other <laughs> both big fans of extracurricular activities but definitely see I didn't know how important extracurricular activities were I just thought you have to do certain things but every extracurricular activity you choose be it sports music whatever you have to make sure that whatever you're doing is reflecting a skill that you need as a dentist right what are your views yeah. on it? what do you think people should do I think extracurricular on a general general standpoint look you can't just be a dentist your whole life you can't just do your work extracurricular you need it you need something where you can vent out all your energy you can have a change something that you find relaxing something that you find therapeutic all of these things will help help you grow as a person from an application perspective, anything you do that demonstrates qualities that you have that you think are important in being a dentist, definitely expand on it, include it in your personal statement, etc. I mean, I've read statements where it's just like list, 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 list of like a billion things. Mm. And that's where you need to be concise. And we'll yeah. come to that later. Um, but extracurricular, like you said, Shadi, it can be anything, sport, music, um, lots of people do Duke of Edinburgh, hiking, camping. It can be anything, anything that you feel like, you know what, this is really valuable to me. And I feel like it gives me X, Y, Z um, skill and, you know, show it and talk about it. Yeah. Um, so definitely is something to do. I don't think there's a there's a list of any favorable extracurricular mm -hmm. activities. I think it's, you know, it's who you are. Um, and you should be proud of whatever you do but everything counts if you play the piano that counts if you play um, any other instrument or you're part of a sports team it's all important yeah exactly and like you said not just from an application point of view but to actually stay sane as a practicing dentist you'll need it to do well at dental school you need it so you know we were both parts of the various clubs and societies and it's it's a great way of socializing with people you know just having that different aspect to your life because you don't want to burn out because dentistry is stressful to study and to practice um, so you definitely don't want to burn out but it, it's important to know that whatever you do needs to reflect a skill or at least whatever you mention in your application so playing the piano playing the musical instrument is annual dexterity hand-eye coordination sports teams the teamwork and you actually need these skills like you know if you're not good in a team you're not going to do well because you know as a dentist you can't work alone you have to have at least your your nurse your receptionist so you need to kind of cultivate these skills. You need to start learning them uh, from pretty early on um, in order to be Definitely. successful. Also things like volunteering, Shadi. Volunteering is such a valuable mm. thing to do. Um, getting out in the community, I know that's hard right now, um, but there's ways that you can even do that virtually. Um, and it's just great for your social interactions and your interpersonal skills, communication skills. So it's important to remember those softer skills as well, yeah. um, as well as your core leadership, teamwork, etc. Yeah, for volunteer work, I remember I did, um, I volunteered in my local hospice. And like you're saying, it was so rewarding. And, and, you know, you're what, 16, 17, and you're going into a hospice. This is usually your first exposure to kind of helping in any way, dealing with people who might not necessarily be well um 
so it, it's it's great at showing you what to do because you know 16 17 you, you don't have that much empathy usually you know you don't and you don't really know how to interact with older people especially that was the case in, for me because um you know not all my grandparents live here etc so I wasn't very exposed to elderly um the elder elder population so even going to a care home where I did my volunteering I was kind of a bit nervous you know am I supposed to be saying this what do I yeah. say now what do you th- what like what do they like to talk yeah. about um and it's just it's really character building for yeah. sure yeah yeah I remember I, I would play I would help out with serving lunches at this hospice and I would play dominoes with them and they were so grateful that they're honestly so usually appreciative to have some fresh young energy around and, yes. and it helps them yes. and you know as a, as a dentist you don't you you see a range of patients I mean even if you specialize to get to that point you will be seeing lots of different people you know various ages you'll need to know how to communicate with them how to treat them how to be respectful towards them so these really you can start cultivate this from from pretty early on before before your dental school and that that's what admission panels would want to see they want to see you've made that effort exactly and as you say it's not just helping for you to be a better more all-rounded dentist but just as a person in your daily interactions um uh, and you know just being kind wherever and with whoever you you can be with everyone So our next point is probably one of the most important parts of the application process. I remember stressing about this so much and I would just work on it day and night uh, and it was the bane of my life and it's the personal statement. So tell us a little bit about the personal statement, what we should be looking at in terms of writing it, how we should structure it. So funny that you go bane of my life because literally Shadi, whenever I write or think about personal statement, I literally think bane of my life. It is just that. You will have about a million drafts. I remember saving it as PS1, PS2, PS3, and it just went (laughs) on and on and on. So that's normal. Firstly, let me reassure you, it is a struggle. Um, Don't worry about that. The way I think of a personal statement is that, firstly, don't forget the personal. It is about you. You need to be authentic. It's not about contacting your friend, getting their personal statement, tweaking it and submitting Mm -hmm. it. None of that. You know, it needs to be about you. Mm -hmm. Um, It needs to be honest. It's an overview of you, your interests, also your commitment to dentistry, what you've done to show that you are engaged with the profession, what explaining why you want to be a dentist um, and just demonstrating what qualities you have. Um, the hardest thing that I think, well, one of the hardest when you're writing a personal statement is structure. It's important that you have a clear structure, the different paragraphs usually are about different things, um, but also not just the words, but the fluidity. So the tone, the type of words that you're using through your personal statement, all of these things are important because I've read so many personal statements and the minorest of adjustments makes the biggest difference. Um, and you know, like Tesco says, every little helps. 
So even the tiniest modifications will um, improve it. But it is normal to struggle. It is hard. The other trap a lot of people fall into is waffling. Sometimes when you mm. start writing about yourself, you just want to keep going. There's so much you want to say. Mm. And then you just it, you just end up being repetitive. So it really is an art to be concise. Um, make sure that you're relaying all the important information. You might not be able to squeeze mm. everything in and that's okay. You need to pick the most important things and write about them well. That's probably mm-hmm. my best mm-hmm. advice. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think, and, and also something really important is start working on it as soon as you can, because the last thing you want to do is to be stressing over this, you know, the day before the application deadline. I think get it prepared in good time. Have people you trust, not everybody. I mean, pick a few people you trust, whether that's your tutor, family member, a teacher, get them to review it for you and give you an honest feedback. Don't be offended if they tell you some things are bad, honestly, because I think that's something we need to get used to, not being offended when people give us constructive criticism. Um, And then just take on board their comments. Make sure there's no spelling, grammatical errors. That's very important. And for me, it was always, I was always told to divide it into three parts. Write for the beginning, write why you want to do dentistry really briefly if there's a personal reason to mention it. And the bulk of the personal statement should be about what you've done to prepare. So be it choosing your A-level subjects, your work experience. Um, If you can use technical language, then do use that um, uh, to show, you know, whether it's something that you learned from your work experience, even just saying like caries instead of decay, that kind of shows that you're trying to get with the lingo. And then the last paragraph or a brief just statement of uh, your extracurricular stuff. And again, exactly like you were saying, don't waffle on, just say the important bits and what they've helped you develop. So if you've, you know, worked in a care home and that's helped you develop your empathy, communication skills, then mention it, you know. Definitely, Um, definitely. Um, I think what you said there was so important about not showing it to too many people, just show it to the people mm. you trust. It's like dentistry. If we have an x-ray that shows something we're not sure about and we show it to a hundred dentists, you're going to come back with a hundred opinions. So really yeah. be selective with who you show it to. In terms of timeline, most people usually start writing it in about August time, August, mm-hmm. maybe September. UCAS deadline is... Um, in October sometimes so October, exactly yeah. give yourself at least a couple of months I'd say um, yeah. because it, it's going to be a work in progress Our next point, very important, is UCAT. So this is like your favorite topic. You actually requested this to be included. <laughs> um, let's talk about the UCAT exam. So the UCAT, it's ironic because I was like, let's talk about this, Shadi. I hated doing the UK CAT. I hated it so much. I came out of that exam being like, that's it, dentistry down the grain. Green. I was not happy with my score at all. I thought it was so below average. And I was just like, well, this is great. Um, but you know, well, mm. I made it, so you will too. Um, UCAT, which is now what it's called, it's really weird, unpredictable test, which all the dental schools require. Well, Leeds actually, you need the BMAT for it, not UCAT. 
Um, mm -hmm. Very, very difficult to prepare for. There's loads of preparatory courses and books out there which you can look at. Um, definitely do your UCAT in good time before your application because as soon as you're in year 13, you just have so much on your plate. You're stressing about your personal statement. You just want to get the UCAT done. Lots of people do it over August, over the summer holidays. Um, so that's a good time mm -hmm. to do it. Um, what I would say is, is that do prepare for it. Be mindful that it's very unpredictable, like I said. Make sure you do some courses, do some books, etc. And the good thing is you will know your score before you apply anyway. Um, and there are always some sample questions on the UCAT website. So also do look at those because everyone mm -hmm. always forgets about them. Um, but it's, yeah. it's a really weird test, really weird. Hmm. Yeah, I remember I just went through, you know, there's a book of like, I don't know how many questions. I literally just went through that book because there's absolutely no other way of preparing for it than going through questions back to back. And it's important to know that different dental schools will place great different levels of emphasis on this. So I, I know for us, Bart's really, really regarded it quite highly, actually, UCAT. Uh, but I know there are some some other dental schools that don't care about it that much. So maybe if you haven't done that well in your UCAT, maybe consider applying to a dental school that doesn't really care about it that much, um, unless you desperately want to go, specific, go, go to a specific dental school. So that's something to bear in mind as well. Definitely. And you can always reach out to the admissions teams at these dental schools and be open. Say, look, this is my UCAT score. Um, and just and see apply. what they think, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, okay. yeah they're, they're actually quite helpful if you if you reach out to them in, in exactly. advance. Yeah. Even regarding subjects or anything. Yeah. Okay, so this next topic is probably my favourite uh, topic is interviews. And I know there's different, different interview formats for us at Bart. It was a traditional panel interview. Um, I know some dental schools like Bristol's have an MMI, which is multiple mini interviews. Um, so let's talk about those and how to prepare for those interviews. Interviews are really, really, well, being on the other side of it, I think interviews mm. are so fun. Um, yeah. but, you know, um, I think it's a really difficult thing, especially for dental students that are applying because it's the first time they, that they have experienced a formal interview. Mm -hmm. Just like you say, there are two broad styles. You have your MMI, which is um, your multiple mini stations. Um, and then you have your panel. Your panel might be two or three interviewers. Um, this year, all the interviews were online, mm. which was a challenge. Um, and different universities, like you say, do different things. Manchester's MMI, Bart's is, um, panel, for example. And they're quite open with the style of interview they have. Some interviews, some dental schools actually give you something beforehand, before the mm -hmm. interview, whether it be a task or whether it be some form of research or something to read, etc. cetera. Um, so that's also um, something to bear in mind. The best way to prepare is probably practice. I think mock interviews are so useful. I remember having mock interviews. I actually go to schools and do mock interviews for students and they just find it so useful just speaking, speaking things out, being asked realistic questions um, and then practicing and just being put in that situation mm. to see how they'd respond. But also mock interviews, they help shake off some nerves as well, I think, yeah. um, because it's a kind of like a little, little trial run. 
yeah exactly I remember I used to sit I used to have pretend interviews with myself I used to sit in front of the mirror for hours and honestly just talk it was honestly you I need just to used do to a TikTok on talk. it Shadi you need yeah. to do a TikTok on that now <laughs> sitting in front of the mirror yeah honestly I found it so helpful I would just sit there and because really I mean we were talking about this presentation I gave last week and it was meant to be an hour and it was 15 minutes you don't realize how difficult it is to speak for like even one minute is actually a very long time if you're required to speak well and like under pressure so really if you sit down and practice then it it helps shake off some of those nerves because if you haven't practiced honestly you'll go there and you'll just sit and you'll just say one word and that'll be that uh, whereas if you practice you'll know how to speak fluently um and and not be as nervous of course you're still going to be nervous and and that's mm. okay um, yeah. but definitely do some practice I remember my brother ran some practice interviews for me and he was horrible to me he was really really mean <laughs> and he was like look I'm playing devil's advocate so when I went to the interview it was such a relaxing interview because these guys were really nice to me um, so if you can have you were someone... well prepared <laughs> yeah have I was someone like someone who's gonna be really harsh then you'll be fine <laughs> yeah honestly but I think just practice and you know stuff that you need to people don't realize are so important like dressing well you know yeah. looking professional because as a, as a 17 year old this is probably the first professional interview you've been to and with dentistry I think there's always that added pressure of you know a clinical appearance like no nail polish I don't know mm. mini, minimal makeup hair I, I remember everyone was telling me to tie my hair up because my hair used to be super long and everyone used to say like tied up but I actually didn't feel that confident with my hair up at the time so I was like I don't care I'm going in that interview with my hair down so take it with a pinch of salt still apply it to your own preferences but there are some things that you need to you need to consider in terms of it being like a clinical um, subject definitely and also just you know I used to I tried on I remember before my DFT interview I got this like black dress and I was really excited to wear it. I was like oh I'll save it for the interview thank god I tried it on earlier because I was so uncomfortable in it <laughs> so make sure you try on yeah what yeah. you're going to wear um because it's going to feel weird but it also just puts you in the mindset the other thing I notice a lot is when people are in interviews sometimes they use their hands mm, lots mm, and I'm it can be so people. distracting yeah I can yeah. be quite handy as well um and the problem is it's very distracting for a panelist who's assessing yeah. you um so I think practicing that and even speaking in front of a mirror like Shadi did might be mm. useful to pick up things like that uh, yeah. for sure. But I suppose in my experience, mock interviews and interviewing for the real thing, few tips, do your homework. So read up about the course, know about the university, mm. um, work on the soft skills, like you said, Shadi, your communication, your tone, um, but also, you know, what you're saying, substance is equally important. Yeah. And I think have a question to ask at the end. I think that's a sign of a curious candidate. Um, and it's a good thing to, to do. And mm. usually students do have a lot of questions anyway. Yeah. I think eye contact is super important. Maintaining eye yes. contact with them yes. and with everyone. Because if, if it's a panel interview, I mean, this, this stuff will only apply to, well, actually it can apply to MMI as well, but more to panel interviews. I think... On the panel, you'll have a clinical person, usually an administrative person and a current dental student. Um, maintain eye contact with all of them. They're all equally important. You don't want to just be fixating on, on the clinical person. Um, I remember 
if I can't remember actually I can't remember which one it was I think it was my Birmingham interview there was a student on the panel and she seemed so bored she was just staring at the ceiling and it was so off-putting for me honestly because I was looking at all of them like straight in the eye and this girl was looking at the wall so don't be put off by that you know they're probably in interviews all day every day they're they're probably bored um but just try and maintain eye contact with everyone and also I think if it's a panel interview read your personal statement beforehand because you would have read uh, you would have written this probably months in advance um but they have of course just probably read your personal statement so it's really fresh they're going to ask you questions from your personal statement so it's not going to look very good if you don't know the details I remember um, the clinical person asked me about details of my Duke of Edinburgh and where I'd been and all of that because I of course I'd mentioned it on my personal statement so just maybe read through your personal statement before you go in there um and know no, about definitely. the university as well like you were saying know about the curriculum because you're probably so bogged down in why dentistry and you're looking at all these different universities but you really need to know everything there is to know about the curriculum and why that dentist uh, why that dental school like where we went you know the local population was a huge factor in the training and what we were exposed to definitely if a prospective applicant doesn't know that that doesn't really look that good I think also it's that the competition is so high there are, you know, there's so many applicants and literally not that many spaces. So mm. you do need to actually show a genuine interest and an mm. actual will to come to that un- or go to that university. Um, so that's really, really important to do your homework because the thing is, Shadi, it's just so obvious when the homework hasn't been done. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you know, put, your, put yourself in the best possible position. Yeah. And you know, I think one thing that I learned, because I, you know, we obviously as being dental students, we had the opportunity to be on the interview panel. I think you were on the interview panel as well, weren't you? From 30 yes. onwards. Yeah, we were both on there and it was actually quite good fun. Um, and one thing you learn is that you, the assessors will assess the applicants based on their individual circumstances. So if somebody had come from a very, you know, well-known private school and they were you know speaking probably better than I was as a as a fourth year dental student about dentistry they take that into consideration whereas if somebody comes from a different school and they may be stuttering a little bit they're nervous and that kind of thing they take that into consideration so those applicants could both get you know high scores um, because they they'll know the level of support that you've had you know, and, and that's important to know. So don't, don't worry, don't be disheartened. It is competitive, but they will take your individual circumstances into account as well. And I always say to my students, I'm like, they're not out to get, get you. They just want to know you. That's it. They just want to know you, see what you're about, have a chat with you. Um, and you're completely right. When it comes to that interview, if you have an interview, you'll know you're not at an advantage towards someone else who also has an interview both mm. of you have an equal right to get a place yeah. yeah so it's um um it's just view it as a nice conversation <laughs> yeah but at the time you're super nervous there. at and also, the time yeah you know this probably doesn't apply now but I think when we go back to normal life just practice your your commute to the dental school because that's something you need to bear in mind which because you know university campuses are usually super complex right like my I remember my interview was in the Garrett building but I had no idea where the Garrett building was I was just in the middle of the street like where who what you know that you don't want to be doing that just before your allocated time so make sure you know where you're going and get there in good time 
exactly and also um get there in good time and plan for any train delays just assume mm. the trains are going to be delayed yeah. um and give yourself time that you can I remember um especially for Birmingham I remember my dad drove me up and we went so early and I'm thinking you made me wake up so early to get here like an hour earlier and then I had like a really nice hot chocolate so give yeah. yourself some time to chill yeah. out a bit um and then go into the interview you know it's funny you say that I think it was my Sheffield interview my dad also came with me and I think I was wearing tights and my tights like they had a massive rip through them (gasps) just as I got there so my poor dad I was sitting in the cafe and my poor dad had to go and find like black tights he was like I don't know what I'm buying what am I buying but we had enough time to do that so just make sure you allow enough time for it allow for outfit changes for allow for like a nice hot drink um (laughs) you know not finding the building oh dear Um, but no it's it's important What would be your advice to someone considering dentistry? Just very brief advice to someone who's considering and applying dentistry now that you've been through that and you're on the other side. Wow. Sorry, big question. Okay. Yeah, really big question, Shadi. Oh my gosh, I need a hot chocolate. Um, <laughs> okay, my advice would be, okay, very simply, I'm just going to boil it down to make sure this is what you want to do. Mm. Because if it's not, dentistry can be a horrible career. Mm. Um, It's a five-year long course. It's not like a normal three-year course Mm -hmm. with, you know, online lectures, this, that, and the other. It's a very five-year hectic, involved course, um, which can be a struggle at times. Um, I know both of us, we had a high moments and also some bumpy times. And that's normal. Every dental student does. Um, But more than that after dental school you're probably going to be working as a dentist for 40 50 years so you really need to make sure that you definitely want to do this Mm. and have kind of a solid reason not just oh I saw some you know Invisalign on Instagram or (laughs) confidence cases and I want to do that or not because oh you know I got told to Mm. um I think you just really need to make sure you want to do it Mm. and the beauty of um dentistry is that you can really make it what you want it to be. There's a lot of flexibility in the profession. Mm. Um, And there's loads of routes that you can take, whether it be being a general dentist or a specialist, and both are hard in their equal rights, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Both Shadi and I are generalists, Mm. and it can be really hard sometimes, Mm. you know? Um, So that would probably be my advice, that just make sure you know what you're getting yourself into, do your research and just make sure it's it's the right choice for you. Yeah. Do you know, I 100% agree with you. I think if if I was asked that question, I would say the exact same thing. I would say, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons because yeah. it's so challenging to apply, to study. And, and this is never ending. So you know what you were saying about your DFT interviews, your dental school interview is only the beginning. You're going to have more and more interviews. You're going to have exams. And it's never ending. If you're going to specialize, it it just keeps on going. So you can't really relax and say, I've graduated now, I can relax, I don't have any more exams. It just keeps on going. So as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, you can get through it. But if 
you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know, because your mom's a dentist, your dad's a dentist, and they made you do it, you're just going to be miserable. And I don't think ultimately, I, I don't think they'd want that for you either. So just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, and you'll be fine. Everything else you can manage through. And if you even if you get rejected first time around, just take a year out, um, work exactly. on your application and just reapply. If it's really what you want to do, a year in the grand scheme of things is literally nothing. Totally, totally agree. It is absolutely nothing. I know people that have reapplied after taking a year out and actually gone on some amazing travels mm. in that year. And I'm mm. thinking, why didn't I take a year out? Yeah, I so, wish I'd taken a gap year as well. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I really do, especially now with COVID and the lack of traveling options. Yeah. Um, but I totally agree, Shadi. I think definitely do it for the right reasons. Um, and just if you do go ahead with it, always make sure you prioritize yourself um your own happiness and find a balance that works for you and there's nothing right and nothing wrong thank you so much neha for joining me today it's been such a great episode it's been a trip down memory lane for both of us and i'm so glad we got to record this on a relaxed weekday talking about work-life balance (laughs) (laughs) yes I know I love it I love it thank you Shadi it's been my pleasure I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and found it helpful if you are considering applying to dental school just remember everything we mentioned in terms of what you need to consider there's academic requirements extracurricular requirements And just make sure if you are applying to dental school that you are doing it for the right reasons because everything else you can work around it, but you really should be doing it for the right reasons. As always, I would love to know what you thought of this episode. So feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Shadi Manucheri. There will be a new episode every week. So please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode. And I can't wait to speak to you soon.